Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I am Darlene Childress. I am a life and parenting coach. And today on the podcast, we are going to talk about leadership energy. And what I mean by leadership energy is really sort of the energy that you bring to the decisions you make and to the moments with your kids and how you kind of feel when you are telling your kids, hey, get your shoes on or get in the car or it's time for dinner. And what I've noticed is that some parents, particularly moms, come to that moment without a lot of leadership energy. They're a little bit more like, hey, everybody, you guys want to get in the car now or whatever, a little more casual, a little less confidence. And what you know, I want to talk about in this episode is what ends up happening to you, to your kids and how those moments often don't go well and give you some tools and strategies that will help you cultivate that internal leadership energy and show you all the benefits of what that what will happen when you bring that kind of energy to these parenting moments. So before I get into like all the strategies, I want to talk to you about like the first time this dawned on me, this idea of parent leadership. And I was actually driving in the car with a friend and we were talking about parenting and this was years ago. And we were talking about how some moms seem to have their kids listen to them and some moms don't. And I was just really thinking about like, what is that about? Like what, what is it that makes some kids listen, follow directions and have like that parent has a lot more ease in those moments. And then what is it when, you know, those don't go that way. The kids argue a lot, complain a lot, you know, um, negotiate, ask for bribes. And I started thinking about what sets, you know, these two types of parents or parenting strategies apart. And I got, came up with this idea of leadership. And there are some people who internally have a leadership energy about them. And that means, you know, what, what is a leadership? What does that look like? It's like the, there are certain individuals that seem to be able to get people to work together towards a desired outcome, that they are the person with the vision and the person with the plan, and they also can motivate the individuals to have people follow them. And that's cool, right? We love leaders, and we some of us are and some of us aren't in our regular lives. But when you bring that leadership energy into your parenting, that is when I see a lot more compliance and ease and less chaos and less, you know, arguing and all of that in a family. I want to talk about this for a second because it's like for a long time, for previous generations, women weren't really cultivated to become leaders, right? And if you are a strong personality and you have a leadership energy, it can be hard sometimes because people can interpret women who act that way as being bitchy, as being bossy, as being difficult, as not being on the you know team player, being too direct, uh, all of that. Like for sure, I have been accused of those things throughout my whole life, <laughs> and I'm learning to recover and separate sort of the uh, patriarchal, you know, feminist beliefs, like you know how it is to be a woman in the world. And separating that out from my own personality and my own strengths and really allowing myself to cultivate, you know, who I am inside. So I know I'm a natural leader and I know that that has created pain for me and it's been squashed and it's been redirected and all of that. Now, some of you might have the same experience as me. You have a natural leadership tendency 
and um, you know, it's been squashed or, or, you know, you've been kind of guided towards believing that that's not valuable or you weren't really ever told you were a leader or no one saw that in you or you just are like, I'm not like that. I'm, you know, that's not who I am. Okay. That's fine. I don't want you to change your personality. As a parent, you get to be who you are. You, you are the perfect mother for your children. You are the perfect person to lead your life, right? I absolutely believe in your innate ability to be an excellent parent. What I want to bring into this conversation though, is that for some of us, we can be a little bit too passive or passive in our parenting with our kids. And some of that is personality. Some of it is people pleasing. Some of it is a lack of belief that our children will listen to us. And we show up in these moments. And like I said, we bring in sort of a Hey, everybody, do you guys want to have dinner now? Or, uh, you know, we bring the nice voice of like, come on, come to dinner, please. And there's underneath that, sometimes there's confidence, sometimes there's leadership, sometimes there's a little bit or a lot of like, now is dinner, dinner is coming, this is the time for dinner, take it or leave it, right? Now's the time for shoes, we're getting shoes and socks on, we're getting in the car, we're leaving on time, and that's just inevitable, right? Or at least we're leaving. <laughs> you can't always control the time. So for some of us, we bring in this confidence, this undercurrent of leadership energy of like, this is what's happening. I have thought about it. I know what's best. I'm the grown up. I'm in charge. And then for some of you, that is really hard to catch inside of you. Maybe socially or, you know, in work or whatever, you're not like that. It's hard for you to use a strong voice. I want you to start to separate out how you are kind of in the world or like with your peers and bring in how you are with your kids while we talk about this. Because I just think about all these parents in homes, right? In between four walls and they're working within a system with their children, you and the children or you and your partner and the children. And someone has to be in charge. Someone has to be the leader. And it needs to be whoever is taking care of the children right? The children should not be in charge. The reason that your kids shouldn't be in charge is because it actually is upside down because they're children. They don't know what's best. They don't understand time. They don't understand money. They don't understand diet or nutrition or sleep or anything, right? They're kids. But also because biologically, neurologically, they are wired to look to the adults around them for safety and to be taught. They actually want to be guided. They know on a primal level that they are kids. They understand that they need grownups. They are wired to attach to the adults around them so that they feel safe and that they can survive in this world, right? Because they're vulnerable. They're little kids. Now, when we ask them to you know, put your pajamas on, get dressed, go upstairs, get your, you know, get in the bathtub, clean up your toys, get ready for practice, do your homework. When we tell them what to do, they are also human and they have their own authentic selves and their own desires and their own interests and their own personality and all that. And they don't want to. (laughs) And that's what I call resistance and a little bit of protest. Now, what I see is that when moms or dads um, tell their kids what to do, And their kid 
sort of resists and they ignore or they say no or they complain or they start negotiating or they whine, um, that it can bring up inside the parent this feeling of powerlessness, this feeling of, oh my gosh, like they're never listened to me and I, you know, I don't have control over these kids. And it might not be conscious thoughts. You might just have like a subtle feeling of powerlessness. And when that happens, you are starting to slip out of your leadership energy. When you're starting to feel that powerless feeling, that overwhelmed feeling, that anger, that resentment, it really is coming from this place of like, I'm not in charge here. I don't have, I don't, you know, I don't have quote unquote control over this situation. And you then, well, often the parent will end up trying to get compliance or get their children to like buy in to agree and, and do what they're being asked to do. So what does that look like? We, I call it convincing. So it's like convincing or coercion. Okay. And what that looks like is like explaining, Hey, you've got to eat because if you don't eat, you're not going to have your belly full and you're going to be hungry. And then you're going to wake up or like, you know, protein is really important and you have to have protein before you go to school. And like you start explaining things right? And you start to try to convince your kid that your rule or your, you know, your, your direction, your, the thing you're telling them to do is valuable and important. You're trying to convince them that they should buy in. And sometimes, you know, that works, but a lot of times it doesn't. They start to argue back with you, right? I'm not hungry. I don't need protein. No, 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 no. Right? Or you, you could get into this persuasion energy, which is also part of convincing. It's like, okay, well, listen, if you get your shoes and socks on right now, then I can promise that we'll, you know, you get a sticker or, you know, I'll, we'll go to some, do something fun after school. Like you sort of promise some sort of future benefit to them, some sort of, I think of it as a bribe. And what happens a lot of times if you use bribes often, your kids will start to negotiate on the bribe. They'll be like, well, two M&Ms or like, I want to go to the park and get a, you know, a Starbucks cocoa or whatever. I want to do this and, right? And now you're in this negotiation, which is just infuriating. <laughs> so you're ex- explaining, you're persuading, or you could be coercing, trying to get them to comply based in fear. Like, listen, if you don't put your socks and shoes on right now, we are not going to the park today, right? You're trying to trigger sort of this, this change in their behavior by triggering them into some sort of fight flight mode. Or you could be, you could go into shame where you're comparing them. You know, your brother's got his socks and shoes on or, you know, all the other kids at school get to school on time and you're trying to tap into that. Like, you know, you're not good enough the way you are measuring up comparing to other people. Okay. Now all of this is all normal. I don't ever want you to feel bad for parenting strategies that are ineffective because you're in a corner sometimes. Like you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get these people to listen to me. I don't know how to get these people to get their socks and shoes on. What I'm offering to you is that you do know how. They do it all the time. You have you have tons and tons of evidence of times when your kids have listened to you. Does it? Do they always do it on your timeline? No. Do they always do it without protest? No. But the result is always, the outcome happens. You do get what you want. You do get these children to school. You do get these kids to bed. They do eat food, <laughs> right? So you have a lot of evidence that you are the leader. 
Now, when you get into that convincing energy, unfortunately, what you're doing is you're actually telling your kid, you're communicating on some subconscious level that you feel out of control, that you feel powerless, that you're not sure how, how this is going to go, right? That you're overwhelmed, that you're like, I don't know how to handle this situation. When you, when you dip into those parenting strategies that are uh, more like emotional manipulation strategies, that is really like you're revealing to your children, I'm out of my league here. I'm out of my depth here. I've got to get you to comply. I've got to get you to buy in. And I'm going to resort to these different strategies to get you to do it. And that actually makes your kids feel very unsafe. It, it's like, they're like, wait, you're the grown up. Why are you negotiating with me? Why are you bribing me? I'm seven, right? On some level, they know that this, they, that they shouldn't have this much control. It doesn't feel safe. And I'm using control not in like power over or controlling them or manipulating them. I just mean like you're the grown up and they want you to be the grown up. They really do. They want to have some autonomy. They want to have some say. Really what they want is that they want their their thoughts and feelings to be acknowledged. They want their their you know frustration to be seen. So that's why connection is so much more valuable than coercion. That's why connection is so much more valuable than persuasion. And we only connect when we believe that our kids are going to follow directions. Because a lot of us, we don't want to connect. We don't want to say, yeah, you do not want to put your socks and shoes on, do you? You are just like not into it today. You're just frustrated by the whole thing. You want to stay home. You want to be cozy at home. Going to school stinks. I get it. A lot of us are afraid to validate and acknowledge because then we think we're supposed to fix it by changing the circumstance, by negotiating the circumstance, by bribing them out of the circumstance. That comes from a deeper insecurity, a deeper lack of trust, a deeper lack of leadership. I promise you do not have to change the circumstance just because you acknowledge it. That's not what a leader does. A leader doesn't walk into work and say, none of you guys want to clean up. You know, I was thinking my son, he worked at In-N-Out. It's like, you know, none of you guys want to bust these tables and take all these trays. Eh, let's just not do it today. <laughs> like, no, right? The leader comes in and is like, we got to get this done. Let's do it fast. Let's do it. Let's do it with some energy. Like, you know, who wants to do it first? You, you, they kind of bring in these strategies, but they're like, at the end of the day, the, the tables are getting bust. The trays are getting put, you know, by the trash cans or whatever. So a leader doesn't think they have to change the outcome in order to get compliance. They work within the energy that the person is experiencing. That's connection. So the cool thing is that when, when you are in your leadership energy, when you feel that confidence, I think of the, the opposite of convincing is confidence. Like 100% these people are going to school. 100% this kid's going to bed. 100% they're going to eat or not eat. Like 100% I'm putting this food on the table and like that's what I'm doing. A leader has clarity about what is happening, what's best they have like a big picture idea of what's happening, what needs to happen, what's best, right? And she's, com she's committed. The leader's like, this is inevitable. 
Like I'm, I don't know how many times I'm going to get, you know, like, I don't know how long it's going to take necessarily. You can't always control the timing, but it's like the inevitability of the thing that is going to happen is happening. Like that means like, of course you're going to take your kids to school. Of course they're going to go to practice. Of course they're going to put their pajamas on. And actually that ends up happening most of the time. Even if, if you really observe this pattern in your family, you'd be like, oh yeah, no, I do get what I want. Like I do get the result. Like I am capable. I am the grown up. I do know best. Right. So when you, this parent leadership, like what, what am I talking about when I talk about leadership energy? It really is these four traits. I'm going to go through them. Clarity, commitment, confidence, and calm. Okay. So I'm going to break those down. All right. So clarity, I've kind of already talked about it a little bit. It's like you are in your leadership energy of like, I know what's best. I know how I want this you know, afternoon to go or this week to go or like this moment to go. Like you have a lot of experience. You are a grown up, right? You know better what is good for your kids than your kids do. And like, if you don't know what's best, you, you know how to get answers. But in general, you know, you kind of know what, what should happen, right? Like kids should go to sleep around this time and they should get up and they should eat like around this time. They should have this food. They should probably wear socks when it's raining outside, right? Like, you're grown up. You got to know how things should go. And so when you're clear and you are in that like, yeah, no, I know what's supposed to be happening here, then your kids can actually borrow that feeling of like confidence and clarity that you're bringing to the moment. They might protest. They might, you know, resist a little bit. They might show some of their, their feelings about the thing. But as a parent leader, you know that feelings come and go, that feelings are okay, that there's no problems with feelings. You can acknowledge feelings without changing your goal. You can acknowledge feelings without having to negotiate with them or make a bribe or a promise or threaten them or coerce them in any way. You're just like, yeah, I know this is hard. Of course. Yeah, you can do it. It's so amazing when you do that, how quickly the child often, especially after a few times of being the child being in the calm mama process, they're like, yeah, it's not okay. I'll put my socks on. Or they'll be like, I'm going to put my socks on over here. Or I'm going to put my socks on in the car. Like they kind of like want to get their little agency and autonomy back. And they create a little, you know, like way that they're going to do it. It's like, okay, great. As long as, you know, get in the car. Great. No problem. Put your socks on. She's like, great. Do it over there. Fine. Right. We don't have to win or like, you know, it has to be exactly our way. It's like as long as the big picture is happening, we have clarity about the big picture. We know how the moment's supposed to go. It's like, don't sweat the small stuff. Yep. Move forward. Okay. So that clarity is part of being a leader. Another part is commitment. Just being committed to the outcome. Now, I want to talk about this for a minute. So it's like, you know, yes, we're going to school. Yes, you're going to practice today. You know, you signed up for this class. You're going to this class seven times, like, because we signed up for it, whatever. And you have clarity, like what you want, why you signed up, da, da, da. And then you have commitment. Now, I want to allow you some flexibility in these moments because sometimes we get more clarity in a moment and we're like, okay, this person, I cannot take this person to ceramics today. Like they are a disaster. They are crying, you know, screaming. Like I might need to bag it. Like I might need to just, you know, recalibrate this moment 
And sometimes you might feel like the kid is getting away with it or you're not being strong enough or you're being too permissive. I think of it as rescuing. I think of sometimes we rescue ourselves and sometimes we rescue our kids and that that's okay. That some rescuing happens in families all the time and it doesn't ruin anything. You're not like having to start all over from scratch with your limits and with your, you know, teaching them, you know, how to listen to you and all those things. Sometimes it's just like things aren't going to work out and that's fine. But be on to yourself if you're committing, if you're like going against your commitments over and over and over, like if you keep rescuing, then that means that probably you're lacking some confidence and some leadership and we want to work on that. Like you want to join the Emotionally Healthy Kids class or if you've already taken the class, like sign up for one of those Calm Mama Club private sessions and get support. If you've not been in the programs, you know, book a consult with me because there's, there is some parts for all of us that we need help growing this leadership energy. We need help figuring out clarity. Like sometimes I sit with moms and I'm like, what, what do you want your morning routine to look like? And I start by asking, what do you want? Like perfect world, unicorn day, magic wand. What do you want? That question is so powerful. It's like, imagine you have super compliant kids, no weather issues, no problems with your partner, you know, no time constraints. Like just picture it done, right? Like what do you really want? And then we build routine based on that, which is cool. So that's some of the things that I do with with my clients. But you can do it by yourself. You don't need me. You can just be like, okay, what do I want? Ideal day, ideal moment, unicorn situation, a magic wand, like whatever image you want. And then you kind of design, how do you want homework to go? How do you want dinner to go? How do you want bedtime to go? How do you want screen time to go? How do you want to handle morning routine? You know, all of those, all those things that come up, bath time, whatever. So I love to help you find clarity and get committed by asking, what do you want? Okay. Then once you know what you want and you're committed to it, you build confidence in it. We just trust that, of course, it's going to happen. We use past evidence of how we've already done this before. How you've, you know, if you have a five-year-old, you've gotten your kid to bed like 365 times five times, <laughs> right? So you have like, I don't know how to do math in my head, but like three times five, 1,500 times of putting kids to bed. Like you have a lot of experience. Um, you can at me and tell me what the real math is. But anyway, you get my point, right? That you have already done this. You fed a kid many, many times. You've gotten kids in seatbelts and car seats. You've put, you've taken, you've done drop off at preschool. Like you've done it. You can look at old evidence of you being successful and remind yourself, I've got it. I can do this, right? You can go into the future. I like to go into the future sometimes where I've already succeeded, I go like a year out or six months out or five years out. And I'm like, oh, this kid manages to like learn how to wipe their bottom. (laughs) Like I picture my eight-year-old when my kid's four and I'm like, oh, an eight-year-old definitely knows how to do this. Or, you know, if your eight-year-old doesn't, that's fine. You're like, okay, let's go to 18. (laughs) Like an 18-year-old totally knows how to wipe their bottom. So we're going to build, we're going to like build in that confidence by looking at the past success or looking at the future success. And feeling like it's going to get done and having that done energy. 
And when you're in that done energy, you ha- you are much more calm. So that's that fourth C. So it's clarity, commitment, confidence, and calm. Calm is like, I've got it. They've got it. We're fine. This isn't an emergency. I can slow my roll. I can connect here. Let me get dig in a little bit. Like, what's this resistance about? Tell me more. How, you know, let's talk about these socks and shoes. It's so cool when you actually sit with a child and you're like, what's happening? I mean, even a teenager, like it doesn't have to be a kid. You know, I do this with my, I do this with my teens, my young adults. I'm like, or my partner, my husband. I'm like, what's going on here? What, what's up? And like, you seem frustrated. Like, is there anything happening? And it's so cool with a little kid. You'd be like, they're like, these socks get stuck. Or my teacher yells at me. Or like, you like your, my brother more, you know, like whatever stuff comes up. And you get to soothe that and like find thought errors and limiting beliefs and really calm that down and be like, yeah, or just acknowledge, yeah, no, it's hard. It's hard being seven. It's hard being nine. It's hard being 19. It goes a long way. I know some of you aren't quite sure if like compassion is quote unquote enough or like if compassion works. And the truth is it does. It does soothe the nervous system. It helps shift emotion. We're not bypassing emotion. We're digging in and we're riding it out. So this leadership energy, when you don't feel like you absolutely need them to like obey and listen right now and like do what I said, right? When you're just like, hey, let's slow down. Let me calm myself. Let me get into like what's happening here. And then in my other podcast episodes and in the program, you know, I teach you how to set a boundary, set a limit. And the limit setting formula is just like, you're welcome to get in the car once you have your socks and shoes on. And that might seem so dumb than rather just saying like, put your socks and shoes on and then get in the car. But for, for some reason, the brain, when it is kind of told in a permissive way what it can do and like what's going to happen next, it sort of moves out of that emotional center and you're not tapping back into like the primal part of the brain, the fight flight. You're really helping the brain reach towards cause and effect, towards sequencing, like this, then that. And the brain's like, oh, okay, so first I have to put my shoes on, then get in the car. And when it does that neural process, it the brain is pre-deciding that that's what it's going to do. And then you have a lot more compliance. So limit setting is magic. And then we have consequences, the correction and the kamama process. And that's about just, you know, delaying, waiting to see, is your kid going to make a mistake? Are they going to cause a problem? No problem. Let them cause a problem. And then later we follow through. We're like, hey, earlier today, that didn't work. You ended, we ended up being seven minutes late. And so how do you want to like make that seven minutes up to me? Here's seven minutes worth of chores, right? So we're just bringing that impact back to them. So this episode really is an invitation to you to see the value of leadership, the value of connecting inside of yourself with your own leadership energy. Being the leader in your home is a process, right? You're, you, I always think of like that parenting is my opportunity for growth and to 
learn more about myself and to grow as a person. And this is an opportunity for you to grow as a leader in your own life. You don't have to go lead people. Like you don't have to do that. I'm not saying like you need to be PTA president or something like that or whatever. Like if you want to be, go for it. But like, I'm not talking about leading other people or leading your peers. I'm really inviting you to sort of an internal conversation with yourself of like, am I the leader of my life? And am I the leader of my family? Or have I bought into letting my children be the leader? Am I relying too much on their compliance? Am I trying to, you know, get them to buy in because I don't believe in my own personal ability to get them to listen or to help them, you know, to guide them towards, you know, seeing that eating dinner at dinner time is in their best interest. So I don't expect you to have this all figured out. And I I never, ever, ever want you to judge yourself when you're listening to a podcast episode from me. All I want for you is to just be invited into deeper levels of self-reflection and awareness and growth. So you don't have to have this all figured out. Parenting is a journey and we all start in different places and you will grow as a leader with experience. That's why you talk to moms who've raised their kids and they're like, don't worry about it. It's all good. It all works out. <laughs> like calm down, you know, sh- long days, short years, all the phrases that parents, you know, offer to you. And it's because they have all that wisdom from experience of like, it does kind of work itself out. But that means that in the moments we have to be confident that we can work it out, right? We're going to be in those moments teaching our kids and showing them, hey, I'm the boss here. And I don't mean that their children aren't the boss. They're the boss of their feelings. They're the boss of their thoughts. They're the boss of how they show up in the world. But you are the boss of your home, okay? I kind of want to like allow you the ability to believe in yourself as the leader. Um, so what's that process? It's like getting clear about what you want, what works best for your family, what's ideal. So getting that clarity, committing to your own goals, your own objectives, your own, you know, ideals, your own values, committing to them, cultivating confidence, just working on believing in yourself, believing in your kids' ability to do the things you want them to do, and then practicing calm. Just going into these moments when things get rattled, when things get off the rails, like no problem. I know how to steady this ship. I know how to reset. And you reset by calming yourself, connecting with your kids, setting a limit, following through on consequences. That's the calm mama process. All right. Um, Yeah, I have been wanting to talk about this for like a long time and I just hadn't done it on the podcast. And um, leadership energy. Just ask yourself, am I in my leadership energy? And if you're not, see see where you can grow. That's it. If you want help with this, um, of course, I always have my Emotionally Healthy Kids class. Those classes start kind of every two months. The next one starts like March 15th, I think, a Thursday. Maybe it's the 14th. And um, meets the Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. So that one starts in March. You're welcome to join the wait list. We're going to do some new things with the wait list where you get like little assignments while you're on the wait list. Not assignments, but like, you know, things to think about. Get ready for the class. So join the wait list. That's on calmamacoaching.com, link in the show notes. Or you can book a consult with me if you're curious about the program or just kind of like the process or whatever. 
And that's also available at callmamacoaching.com. All right, mamas, I, I know you're a leader. I know you are because you're a grown up. <laughs> and um, I'm so glad you're listening to this episode and I hope it's helpful and I will talk to you next week. 